Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Have you ever asked yourself, why is my life so complicated? Or why can't I find happiness? Well, welcome. You are on Second Wind with Joyce. And my guest today is going to share some of her wisdom with us to direct us towards some answers. I found Jamie Lerner refreshing to visit with. Loved her book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You, which is a quick read but with powerful, powerful words. Words, strong explanations, and very helpful. Jamie Lerner lives and breathes the teachings of Abraham, Esther, and Jerry Hicks. She is on what she calls her third life. She has co-created a beautiful family with her successful and dynamic husband, which they live in the Chicago area. She has received her PSWM. SW from Loyola University and went on to create a wonderful, thriving private psychotherapy practice. And she has traveled the world exploring all types of spiritual healing modalities. As a therapist, she continues to explore the many avenues of maintaining a balanced and happy connection. She has developed what she refers to as an integrative approach to well-being. Jamie Lerner is masterful in her ability to assist clients in recreating a loving relationship with themselves. She is also a passionate amateur adult equestrian rider on the AA horse circuit show. Uh, horse show circuit, sorry about that. She has an insatiable appetite for pleasure, beauty, and joy, and offers her, and often refers to herself as a true pleasure junkie. So welcome, Jamie. I'm very, very, very happy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's always a pleasure to have people come on that talk, that have so much knowledge, and immediately when you read their book, you kind of, uh-huh, that's me, uh-huh, that's me. <laughs> it's so helpful. So one of the things that I like about the book that you've had and the work that you do with people is that you deal with a, all facets of our lives, but many times we get hung up in what our storyline is, what we create about ourselves, and we seem to stay there almost our whole life. I mean, it can may happen to you, the, the event may happen to you in teenage years or 
early adult years, but it seems to be something that stays with us forever. Can you talk to us about that? Certainly I can. And, you know, I think it's interesting because oftentimes we're not even aware of the story that we're incessantly telling ourselves and other people. And it is really the direct reflection of the life that we are living. So Mm -hmm. I like to ask people to, um, do you, you know, do you know the story that you're telling yourself and is it feeling good as you're telling it? Because if it is, then it's probably feeling really good as you're living it. However, Mm -hmm. if the story that you're telling yourself and others isn't feeling very good as you're telling it, it probably isn't feeling very good as you're living it. And then you have this lovely option to change a part of your story or the entire story. Mm. And that just happens so easily once we're aware of what we are actually speaking about and what then we are wanting for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that when you change your storyline, you really do change your life one moment at a time. Now, when you say storyline, are you referring to um, a particular incident that happens in your life? Or are you referring to that ongoing story that we tell ourselves about limiting beliefs or our life isn't full enough? Or You know, I think (laughs) that we tend to do is tell the story where we get the greatest audience, and that is the drama. So Uh, if something did happen to us mm -hmm. back when and we've dragged it into our now, then we just roll it into something that maybe it's happening to us now, like, oh, we work so hard or things are so difficult. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that hardship really is, you know, the attention-grabbing line. And, Mm -hmm. And then we feel like, okay, this is getting us a lot of attention, whether it's negative attention or positive attention, it's attention. And so we just go with it. And without really stopping and asking ourselves, like, wait a minute, is this really my story and is this really my now? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that when we can pause and address ourselves in our now and ask ourselves, first of all, how we're feeling, and how we are in this moment, and what have we, either consciously or unconsciously, chosen to to kind of drag into our now things that had happened back then. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then we're able to make little shifts. We're able to maybe edit little pieces of the sound bites that we are sharing with others. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the stories that I want to bring up because of my clients that I work with, women that are in transition, and many times that transition is divorce. One of the things that I find a lot of the women experience is the victim in the, in the breakup of the relationship. And so that story stays with them. So how would you work with somebody to helping them move through that uh, story that they have, that they've lived, they've experienced it, they don't like it, but they want to get out of it and they seem to be stuck? 
I think that this does happen often, and I think that when we are able to wonder, you know, why is this situation happening to me, mm-hmm. and we're able to do it in such a way with loving curiosity, then mm-hmm. we're able to see all of what happened as just moments of contrast, something other than maybe what we were wanting. And we're able to do it without judgment and without feeling as if we were a victim to it. We step into a place of personal responsibility, and we're able to really look at it, once again, with loving curiosity, without judging ourselves, and, you know, maybe saying to ourselves, okay, you know, these things happened then, but look where I am right now. And Mm -hmm. when we are able to look at what happened then from our right here and now perspective, it really helps us to Mm -hmm. understand from our right here and now perspective what happened in a very different way. And then we're able Mm -hmm. to kind of recreate the story to say things like, wow, what happened back then really gave me this wonderful opportunity to know what I want right now. Look how far I've come from then to Mm -hmm. now. And in Mm -hmm. some ways, eventually, to be able to be thankful and appreciative for that other person that was in our life, that we were able to find our way from there to where we are now. And we would not have been able to do it without that contrast. Right. By the end of it, we're feeling really good about what happened, and we Mm -hmm. are taking personal responsibility for all of it, and that Mm -hmm. is our greatest point of power. Mm -hmm. I find that to be the hardest challenge sometimes for women in that situation, to make that transition, and I I almost think we have to go through some of those um, um, stages of grief and sadness and all of those to get to the point where we hear the opportunity that we now have to live. Do you agree? I think that however one is comfortable doing it, Mm -hmm. what I have found is that people don't move out of those stages and they use those stages as their very excuse not to move forward Mm -hmm. to what they are actually wanting. So, You know, I have a different perspective in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, I think if we could skip over all of that and really immerse ourselves in our right here and now, that that is the most helpful. And I Mm -hmm. think it is because you ask people all day long what they want and they tell you what they don't want. Mm -hmm. And they use what they don't want as the excuse to never explore what they are really wanting for themselves. Mm -hmm. So. It becomes a choice. I also ask people, if you're not willing to look at what you want, at least take responsibility for that. Tell yourself, okay, what happened to me is who I am. I'm staying here right now, but I'm going to find a way to feel good about that because I am choosing to do that. Mm -hmm. I am making the conscious choice to allow what happened to me to be my identity. And even that becomes very powerful because we have made choice, a choice for ourselves, which really frees us up from feeling mm-hmm. like a big victim. So I oh. think it's what we do, but it's how we feel about what we're doing. And there's mm. no right or wrong. Everyone gets to choose for themselves, which is a wonderful thing. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, there is power in making that decision to acknowledge who we are and where we are this very day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Wholeheartedly. Um, (laughs) So when, um, so changing the story and acknowledging your story, which is where you are today, is the, the powerful tool in changing your life. I think it's the powerful tool in shifting. Mm-hmm. Because I think every change is just a little subtle shift. You know? mm-hmm. And so it's just a moment at a time. The other thing that I think that happens with people who go through divorces, they beat themselves up. They turn away from their inner being, their inner knowing, the unconditional loving, you know, inner being that is there on call for them 24-7. And mm. it would be so wonderful to get back to that place of nourishing and nurturing yourself back into this love affair that you have with yourself. Yeah, you speak a lot of that in your book, Loving Yourself Again. And I so agree that we, women particularly, are very... um um, we spend so much time thinking of others, we don't give enough time to ourselves. So, where would you suggest that a woman real that it realizes this? Where does well, she begin to? The thing is to first realize it's not working because what happens is when we are giving to another without having the sustenance to give, mm-hmm. we resent. Mm-hmm. So we are actually resenting the very people that we're giving to. It doesn't yeah. feel good on the receiving end from the person that has nothing to give. So it doesn't work for either person, the person giving, the person mm. receiving. So mm. be able to really put your own oxygen mask on first before assisting others, addressing yourself first nourishing yourself first so that you actually have something to give with two hands unconditionally to another. I mean, that's the ideal way to move about the world in Mm. unconditional love. Mm. So to really embrace that within ourselves first and foremost, and sometimes it's just a matter of sitting with yourself the first few minutes of the day. And when Mm. we do that, we're actually sending ourselves the message that we care about ourselves. We're important. We matter. Mm-hmm. So whether it's to sit with a cup of coffee, whether it's to sit with quiet, whether it's to meditate, listen to music, whatever it is, to to really put yourself first mm-hmm. the first few minutes of the day, I think is a lovely beginning. Mm-hmm. I loved how you explained the cup of coffee <laughs> and in really enjoying the cup of coffee as a um, wonderful occurrence and a nice way to start the day. You know, I only have one cup of coffee now. I used to drink a pot, but <laughs> I now only have one. It was so funny because I do, I really treasure that one cup of coffee as a gift. Um, it was hard to work my way down, but I have done it and... and um, so it that first taste of coffee is so much more enjoyable than it used to be because it's measured. 
<laughs> and also, you're so open to receiving all of the senses. You know, your senses are open. You're smelling it. You're feeling mm-hmm. it. It's warm. You're allowing yourself to really steep in this place of appreciation, which feels so good and is so nourishing to our inner beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I love so many things about your book. I'm going. To, I'm really encouraging my listeners to get your book, which you co-authored with another woman. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have her. Her name, her name is, is here. Lauren. But, uh-huh. Lauren Lauren Tarr. And um, in so your web, they can get your book on Amazon. Or it's also okay. carried on your website, correct? I am no longer um, making it available on my website, but it is available on Amazon. And the thing I want to say about the Our Loving Essence of You, it's really short. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to to read. There's no psycho babble in it. And mm-hmm. It's the kind of book that you could open it up at any page and just read a few lines or mm-hmm. start from beginning to end. It's, it's a very... Um, it's a very loving, loving book. Mm-hmm. And actually, I believe it's everything we already know and we've forgotten. And we yeah. just need to be reminded. Well, you speak quite a bit in the beginning of all of it. We have all the answers inside of us, which I so agree with what you say. But could you talk a little bit about why you would make a statement like that? I was born with a knowing, and I believe we all are born with a knowing. Mm-hmm. And then the little bit of contrast of living in the world and maybe parenting and teachers and authority figures, you know, we tend to move away from what we really, truly, intuitively know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe that our inner being, inner knowing is tapping us on the shoulder all the time trying to get our attention and we are either not interested (laughs) because we're busy (laughs) or we're not interested because it's so familiar and maybe we don't know what to do with that familiarity anymore but Mm. we are our own greatest resource and Mm. I truly believe that we do know what is best for ourselves at any given moment if we were to turn inward and ask ourselves and wait and listen for the answer. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think we are our own greatest resource. And to quiet the mind from the mind chatter really helps us reconnect with that inner knowing, inner guidance, that voice. Mm-hmm. You gave some examples for the person that's that doesn't think, well, I don't know the answers. You gave some really very everyday life examples that we do know. Um, am I phrasing this right, Jamie? It's about changing lanes or it's about yeah. going back yeah. for yeah. something. They were beautiful examples, but I'm having trouble with them. So would you share a few of those with, them, with us? Well, you, so we are often receiving signals, receiving guidance. We have good intuition about things. If you, I've never heard anyone say, I should not have listened to myself. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. But I hear, hear people all day long saying, I should have listened to myself because intuitively we do know. And so to get back to trusting that inner voice, that inner guidance, oftentimes even when we're going through divorce, mm-hmm. we remember things. We, we remember things that we didn't follow up on. We remember things that we felt, but we, we didn't know how to address them. We, we knew that maybe this wasn't the right partner for us or this mm-hmm. wasn't the right moment or whatever it was. And so if we could go back and look at all of that with like stunning curiosity instead of judgment, we would mm-hmm. find that we were really guiding ourselves all along, but we weren't listening to our guidance. Every single divorced person is Mm -hmm. able to go back and say, you know, there was a moment, you know, Mm -hmm. I made a choice. So how did you know? Of course Mm -hmm. you knew. Now, whatever that choice was, it was a perfect choice in that moment. Mm -hmm. However, I think that when we do go back and understand that we are always being guided and when we listen to ourselves, the outcome is successful, we learn to trust ourselves once again. Mm-hmm. Even though we may have had an inkling in the beginning, uh, which was the gift to go ahead and move through it and learn the lesson? Or would it have been to turn when we had that feeling and walk away? Either way, there would have been learnings, actually. It's learning either way, and I don't believe there's any lessons. I believe that yeah. every bit of contrast is a beautiful mm-hmm. gift. You know, every single thing that we are doing in the moment that we're doing it, no matter how it turns out, it's a gift because it gives us mm-hmm. the opportunity to choose what the next moment is going to be for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to yeah. look at it and to, to really remove all of that judgment from ourselves for what has happened, to forgive ourselves, to forgive other people, I mean, that is so helpful in this process of moving forward. Mhm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of judgment around the whole divorce issue, but there's a lot of judgment just in life in general, as far as interactions with people. I think um, um, money mistakes that you wish you hadn't done, things like that. Don't you? I mean, well, what I do think is that um, when we are not comfortable. Mm -hmm. what we are doing in our own lives, that's when we are the most judgmental of others. And I believe every moment of judgment is a moment where we are disconnected from ourselves. Because when we are really connected to ourselves, we are Mm -hmm. not in a place of judgment of ourselves and of others. And when we are following our inner knowing and making decisions based on what is best for us, We Mm -hmm. tend not to judge any other person because we're so able to allow them to make the decisions for what is best for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it works beautifully. If you Mm -hmm. find yourself in a moment of judgment of another, then just laugh about it because this is an opportunity for you to reflect upon in this moment. You're just a little disconnected from yourself. Mm -hmm. It's never about the other person ever. So All of these people and situations are just opportunities for us to look at ourselves, to learn about ourselves, to love ourselves, to laugh at ourselves, to laugh with (laughs) ourselves, 
you know, mm-hmm. and to not make such a big deal about any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. That's, fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's sinking in, Jamie. I've, I heard you say it two times, and the third time it kind of snuck in. Because we do, we've made such a big deal out of, um, well, I'm going just for lack of other words, mistakes that or things that we did. And I know you would prefer, I didn't use the word mistake, but we look at them that way. And then, and I love that you just say, make it easy. But if you could start looking at them as outcomes, because really it's just an outcome. And Mm -hmm. the next outcome will be either be desirable or it'll be undesirable. There are no consequences. You know, consequences feel so dire. But an outcome is just the, you know, the ending of a situation and then on to a new beginning of the next. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It really allows us to move forward, you know. And once again, I really believe that people are afraid to move forward, that we use all of these excuses Mm -hmm. to stay stuck. And Mm -hmm. once again, I have no problem with that. I work with a lot of clients. They want to stay stuck. But what we work on with those clients is take responsibility for being stuck, and then you're not going to feel stuck. You're going to realize that you're making a choice, and that feels so much better. Nothing mm-hmm. has changed in your life except you know you've chosen this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important piece of all of this. Mm-hmm. And within every moment is a choice. Yes, yes. There's um, and there's something powerful about knowing that you made the choice. Yes. It's a decision. You made the decision. Right. So there's a lot of clarity around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's yours. You get to own it. Yes. <laughs> yes. We get to own it. Well, there are a lot of decisions that we make that sometimes in the very beginning we think they're good decisions and then they turn out to be not or they didn't work out as we had thought they would work out or develop. And so... I just tend to think of those as learning examples, but you use a different word. But um, Well, I think we can learn, but I don't believe in the lesson. You know, the lesson, okay. mm-hmm. to me, that language always feels like, you know, punitive. I don't believe mm-hmm. there's lessons. I think we're always learning about ourselves. And instead of learning, I think we're discovering more about ourselves. We're becoming right. curious about ourselves. I like to unpack the language because there's something really beautiful about words like discovery and curiosity. And mm-hmm. those words help us open up and to kind of see the light. And yeah. as opposed to some of the other language that we've picked up along the way, that it, it just is not very encouraging. I so agree. Now, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'd like for us to talk a little bit more about the language because it does affect our decision-making and how we understand things. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Jamie Lerner, a co-author of the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You, is my guest today. And we have explored several different things that are in the book, which I think you will is a must-read to help you move through life effortless. Lee, but it discusses the art of allowing, how to change your storyline, all those things that can empower you to live a life full, a full um, of happiness and easier decision making and just a glorious life. Now, before we went to break, Jamie and I were shortly, we're talking a little bit and I was sort of sharing how easy it is for us to forget how important our words are. So, Jamie, would you, how do you, how does one change the use of her words? Um, because they do affect our thinking, um, and how we respond to certain things. I think it's really helpful to quiet the mind chatter and to begin to understand what that internal running dialogue is. Mm -hmm. So what are the kinds of things that we're saying to ourselves and quite possibly other people? Are they kind, loving words? Are they words of encouragement? Or are they words that are... um, maybe not so loving and not mm-hmm. so with encouragement. And and that kind of helps because once we're able to isolate it, we have to laugh at it because nobody would talk to you <laughs> the way <laughs> that most people are talking to themselves. <laughs> However, <True. laughs> I must say a lot of that might have come from the way you were spoken to when you were small or mm-hmm. in your situation, in your marriage, wherever that could be. But yeah. The, the only way to get through it, instead of allowing it to devastate you, once you realize what it is, because it could quite possibly be devastating, is to literally throw yourself on the floor and start laughing. Because it is <laughs> very fun. If you break it down, 
it is very, very funny, and 99% of it is not even true. Mm. So I love to use laughter as a way to really break up some of these patterns of thinking that we're not even conscious of. Mm -hmm. Then once we are conscious, we really can laugh about it, and we can choose to make decisions about the kind of words that we're using to address ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really nice thing to do for ourselves. You know, the, the way that we are thinking about ourselves is really a reflection of how we think others are thinking of us. If oh, really? If we love ourselves, mm-hmm. then we love others. If we don't like ourselves, we tend not to like others. So mm. how we feel about ourselves is direct and accurate reflection of how we feel about other people. If you find yourself not feeling good about others, then Mm -hmm. you know you're not feeling good about you, which is fine. That's great. And then you get to choose, like, would you like to be feeling better about yourself? (laughs) That's a choice. (laughs) Because clearly it begins with you. What we tend to think is it's going to begin with someone else. We're going to look outside Mm -hmm. into the world for someone else to make us feel better. That just doesn't work. It Mm -hmm. never So, uh, you know, it would just be amazing if we could envision the freedom of not being dependent on what other people felt about us to feel good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love. Yeah. I, you see this so much in marriages where we take on that very close relationship, the intimate relationship, that we take on this um attitude that it's almost their responsibility, our mate's responsibility to make us happy. And over the years, I've realized that is not true, that we're responsible for our own happiness. That's absolutely correct. Yes. (laughs) And how wonderful. (laughs) Because (laughs) to depend on someone else to do all that for us, that Mm -hmm. is really giving away a lot of our power. It is. It really is. I think they ought to put that in the Cinderella um, story that they have shown that look, every little girl listens to as she grows up. Numerous times she listens to that record yeah. series. That it's yeah. not always, you know, we got to make ourselves happy. I think that would be a great place to start with that reminder. Well, A lot of people need permission, so you're right about the reminder. A lot of people don't even know that that's an option for them because, really, they they have never been directed that way. So, you know, I do. I say to people, give yourself that permission. You know, the, the relationship that you have with yourself is the foundation for every other relationship that you go on to have with another. Oh, that's powerful, Jamie. That's really big. And it's true. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So we must start with ourselves. We really so, must. So if a, if a client were to come in and you'd, you would notice that she needs to start somewhere loving herself again, which I think is probably very common, um, where would you start with her? Can you just well, give a blanket or would it be? 
Yes. First of all, I would say you're doing fine. You're doing perfectly fine. You're, everything is perfect. And then there's this other lovely option. Ah. Because people need to choose. No one needs to do any of this. Everyone really is doing fine. I don't think anything's broken. I don't think we need to fix anything. And then there's this other option in terms of how we can live and how we can feel every day. And mm-hmm. people need to see that it's a choice. So, mm-hmm. you know, to offer that up as an option, as a choice for people, I think it's, it's, there's like an aha moment for them. They're like, mm-hmm. really? Like, I can have this? Mm-hmm. So it, it really starts with very little things. It's, none of this is big. None of this is big, and none of this should feel like work. All of this should feel fun and easy. Mm -hmm. And um, in some ways, I think that when people start to shift, it almost becomes like an intuitive process because it's almost like they're coming home to themselves. Mm -hmm. They remember it. They know it. Yeah. So... And then they're hooked, which is <laughs> perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you recommend that somebody, I mean, they make the decision, the choice to start loving themselves, but how do they do that? Well, it, it does really start with small things. Like the like, cup of coffee? Like addressing yourself, like a cup of coffee, like most women mm-hmm. jump out of bed and are often running to do everything for everyone else. That's so true. the question becomes, are they avoiding themselves because they don't know how to sit with themselves? Or mm-hmm. because I do believe that women hide behind the roles that they have taken on. Mm-hmm. Instead of using them as the excuse to um, expand, they use it as the excuse to hide behind and to not address themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's time, you know, for women to say, okay, I'm choosing to use these roles, the victim, the mother, the wife, the ex whatever, so I am not going to expand. Just say it. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. This is all about you. But mm-hmm. don't be the victim to it. Don't be the martyr. Don't jump out of bed and do all this for your family and then resent them. I mean, goodness gracious, because at the end of the day, that just doesn't feel good to you. Mm-hmm. And believe me, it does not feel good to your family. Right. So the reason to do any of this is to feel good, is to reconnect with yourself, is to have a loving relationship with yourself and other people, is to have joy in your life. Mm. How long does it normally take the the transition, I know that's that's a very variable number there, but how long does it take for somebody that's moved from total giving, unnoticing themselves and their needs, not fulfilling them in any way, to move that that direction of it's I know it starts with the decision, but even with the decision, there has to be some uncomfortable times because they've not lived this before. Well, part of it is all this time they have been blaming 
all the people oh. for why they haven't mm-hmm. addressed themselves. So they've been mm-hmm. using that as the excuse, you know, mm-hmm. you know, your your husband, or whatever these things are. Right. Your job is a zillion different things. So mm-hmm. we can use those things as the very excuse to stay disconnected to ourselves, or we could use all those things to become the very excuse to reconnect with ourselves, to say mm-hmm. to ourselves, oh, my goodness, this has been scary. I haven't wanted to deal with myself. I've made a choice. I've really allowed my family, my job, my my partner, all of these people in my life to become the, the barrier between me and me. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I'm ready to, like, do something different now for myself and mm-hmm. for my family and for and so it's really at that moment it becomes about reframing the mm-hmm. situation so the situation doesn't change but your relationship and how you see and feel about the situation that's what shifts mhm yeah i have a story i want to share with you this was i was at um a spa in south texas and I had met this lovely woman. She was probably in her 70s. Um, and she was, it was around Thanksgiving. So, we, of course, we were talking about and Thanksgiving or it had just happened. And so she shared with the group that she had worked all day, two days, making pies and everything, the food. And she had... Her family came in. Of course, you know, there's lots of the football games. And in Texas, we watch football games. And pretty well all over the United States, though. <laughs> but we won't just blame it on Texas. But she said, they ate that dinner so fast. And I had worked so hard on it. And she walked into the room and said, you have just eaten your last homemade Thanksgiving dinner. And it was just I mean, it was just power coming oozing out of this woman as she was sharing this story with us. And, you know, it was it was just a great win for her um, loss for her family, I'm sure. And maybe I don't know if she ever returned to fixing it, but it does show how we can get to the point where we just we have to we almost explode if we don't recognize ourselves. Well, not just that, because. The interesting part about all of this is when we embrace ourselves and nourish and nurture ourselves back into our connection, mm-hmm. we spill over unconditionally into and onto everything that we do. We're so mm-hmm. full that we give unconditionally with two hands. And the reason we do everything is not for the others. It's for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that becomes yeah. our greatest joy to do thanksgiving and then to allow people to eat as slowly or as quickly it doesn't matter if they eat at all because the reason we have done it is really not for them it's for us because Mm. it feels so good to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's the joyous loving connection with ourselves and really it creates just such a shift in everything and everyone around us because we are feeling so good and we feel so good for other people to be around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a win-win for all. A win-win. If you're not going to do it for yourself, do it Do it for <laughs> everyone else. No? But at least you'll be feeling good as you're doing it. 
instead of resenting every moment of it. Yeah. Well, I, before the show is over, I wanted to talk. I want. <clears throat> I want to let you know that you address the word procrastination, and in in a very unique way, because I, so many people feel very negative about procrastination and so i'd like for you to share that with my listeners i love procrastination i think procrastination has gotten a very bad rap uh-huh. and i i think procrastination is a wonderful wonderful thing because it allows us to pause mm-hmm. and to get into alignment with the task at hand and what does that mean? It means it allows us, instead of pushing through the deadline, it allows us to take a moment or 10 or days or weeks or years and <laughs> to get into alignment our thoughts and feelings as one so mm-hmm. that we are not just going through the motions, but we're actually creating inspired action, action that we're feeling inspired mm-hmm. We become the inspiration. And I believe that that outcome is always successful. So mm-hmm. I love procrastination. I really mm-hmm. do. And I, I, I welcome it all the time because it is a reminder that in this moment, you're not ready to take action, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. Permission to not take action, it's interesting how quickly you find yourself inspired to take mm-hmm. action. Mm-hmm. And you probably get it done a lot quicker because if course, you're inspired, because it's effortless. It flows. Yes. It doesn't yes. feel like work. It's fun. It's it's no longer a task at hand. It's a joy. Yeah. So, you know, but then again, it's also another way of affirming to yourself to trust yourself, to listen to yourself, to know when you're ready to do something or not. When someone asks you if you are, if you could do this, that, or the other. It's nice to say, let me think about that and get back to you. Mm -hmm. If you're not sure, give yourself the time to think about it and get back to them. Instead of just saying yes and then resenting (laughs) the person because you said yes and dreading and all this anticipatory anxiety about what's, you know, coming up and how it's, oh, my goodness, we do such a number (laughs) on ourselves. It's just... Yeah, that's true. That's so it's true. It's joy kill. I loved it. I just I reread that page a couple of times. I went, oh, I like this. I like this. Yeah. So uh, would you share with my listeners how they can get your information, go to your wonderful yeah. website and everything? Um, I have a website, www.jam.com. M-I-E-L-E-R-N-E-R.com. And I work with people all over the country on the telephone. And I also have a lovely texting option that works really wonderfully with people. Um, so the website is filled with information and resources and radio show interviews like this one. And I invite you to just go check it out. Because it really is a wonderful opportunity for us all to stay connected to ourselves and then one another. Mm-hmm. Well, I do recommend your website. It's just full of good information. I also recommend your book, as I've said repeatedly, <clears throat> and uh, that they get by going to Amazon, right? Yes. 
gown. Yes, and you can get it in Kindle. But then I made so many notes and underscores that you may want to buy the book. And in the back of the book, there's some pages for your own thoughts, you know, which is mm-hmm. always nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is a handbook or guide or what was your thought in creating this book? Well, I wanted it to be gentle. I wanted it to be easy. I wanted it to be accessible. And since we've written this book, I have reread it over and over and over again, trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how it could be improved upon. And I realized this is just a timeless little gem of love. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love the length of it. You know, I'm tired of a book that's so thick it's difficult for me to get through. And this is this is really you can read in a short um, time. So um, I really like the size of it very much. That, that was our hope. It's a very approachable book, and it's easy to put down and pick back up again. Uh huh. And the co-author of this book, um, why did you decide to write this together? Are you both on the same path or friends? or? So we have been friends for a very, very long time, and she knew my mother very well. So mm-hmm. this book was really written with so much love and appreciation for my mother and the connection that I did not have with her, which really allowed me to maintain the connection with myself. So um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was it was just such a a wonderful opportunity to include Lauren, who um, she teaches at Columbia University, and mm-hmm. um, so it was. We just really this book, you know, was written in a weekend, and it just oh really absolutely just yes, it just flowed through me. Mm-hmm. So. And I believe we all have a book in us, and that's the other thing I want to encourage people to do is sit down and write. If you feel you are wanting to, it's easy. Just let it flow through you. Mm-hmm. Now, um, did you write it together? or We did write it together. We did. We wrote it together. She is... Um, she is very good with language and... Mm-hmm. Um, she also is an advisor at Columbia, so she sees a lot of students. And so, oh. you know, it we were able yeah. to really collaborate and also both of our love for the work of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes. So and you, it, when did you start studying with Abraham Hicks? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's been maybe 30 years. Mm. And when I was introduced to the work... I felt mm-hmm. like I was home. I felt like, oh, my goodness, like finally, like I found mm-hmm. someone that was speaking my language. I was, mm-hmm. it was, I don't know, I just took to it like a, a duck in water. <laughs> um, and over the years, I just think the work has just gotten just, it's it's just wonderful. It's just a mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful reminder of how, you know, amazing and, and beautiful people are. And mm-hmm. what a joyous life that we can live. Mm-hmm. Well, you can go to YouTube for the listening audience and listen to Abraham Hicks all day long if you'd like. Yes. <laughs> uh, the word is there, and um, they're just endless. And um, so, yeah, I also follow that work and listen to it quite often. Yeah. 
to keep me on path. So I really, really, really appreciate so much that you were with us this morning, Jamie. Um, it's been a pleasure to be able to share this book and, and to have some of your insights. Even when I'm talking about and using some of the words I use, I'm going, Oh, yes. Okay. You know, when you're working with somebody that's familiar with the wording and all that, you, we say without even realizing some of those words that could be transposed into other kinder, more loving words. And so I loved that part of our interview today by enlightening me in that way. Thank you So, so much for inviting me. Oh, yes, it's a pleasure. So are there other exciting books in your library there you're going to share with us? I am currently procrastinating. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a second book. Uh, the book is interesting. It's about the deals we make and break with ourselves, ah. uh, which I think we do this all day long, which is a really interesting topic. And yes. I'm, I'm just... You know, I've set it down and picked it up and set it down again. And when I feel inspired, I'll pick it up. And at some point, I hope to finish the book. But um, I'm not worried at all about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. That will probably be a bestseller as well. Because I think we it's continue. It's really an interesting topic. It, it's interesting. It really, and I think it resonates with everybody, you know, across oh, all yeah. You know, ethnicity, because um, it's it's just a very interesting thing that we do uh, Mm -hmm. with ourselves, making and breaking these deals. Well, you probably start with uh, New Year's resolutions, wouldn't you? I think most people do, and then it it just becomes a daily practice. It really (laughs) does. But, you know, when you're aware of it, you just have to laugh about it so much because if you don't then I think it you know in some ways the concern for me is that it it translates into how then we don't trust ourselves because we've Mm -hmm. made promises to ourselves that we don't keep over and over and over again and over time I think that that moves us further away from the connection that we have with ourselves unless we can look at it with levity and -hmm. understand it you know in a a kind of a light and fun way Mm -hmm. I like that you use Light, laughter, easy, those are all good words. Yeah. And one that we all need to incorporate more in our lives. Well, we certainly can. (laughs) (laughs) So, I thank you so much for being with us. And I um, look forward to the new book when it does appear. So, and we'll talk again then, (laughs) for sure. So thank you, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. Okay, Okay, bye. bye. Now, as you can tell, this is always, we're always learning. We're always in process. The more we grow, and every year I grow, every, it seems every month I grow a little bit. I'm always reading a book. I'm always having, I love interviewing fascinating women such as Jamie, how she is helping women and men too, transform their lives, understand their lives, enrich their lives. So I hope that you appreciate. And if you ever want to make a suggestion, I'd love for you to go to Joyce Buford Empowers and send me a message that says another suggestion, more health, more 
whatever topic you would like to hear more of as we go through our transitions. Also, I want to remind you that I as well have a book on Amazon. It's called Joyce Buford Effortless Happiness, and it's how to find your voice and finally ask for what you really want. So, you have a great week. You have lots of pleasure to give yourself. And remember, as Jamie might say, keep it light. Keep it light. Everything is perfect. And there are just choices that we make as we live our life. I am very happy to have had the opportunity to share with you today this really, really fascinating woman, Jamie Lerner, and her book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You. Thank you, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 